filet mignon and, and uh, <laughs> just take him over the top. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have a word of prayer and get started this evening. Lord, we pray for this day. We ask your blessing upon our study tonight, Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. So we're looking now at the response of David. What are some of the responses that people have? That you know, they just do oh yeah? <laughs> they, they get back in your face like, oh yeah, who, who made you God, you know? Uh, well, not trying to be God. But uh, sometimes there is hatred, rage, uh, a kickback against you. Uh, I'm glad that David didn't do that to Nathan. He had the authority and power to kill him too. He killed others, right? He could have just snuffed out his life, but uh, he did not. What are some other responses that people could have when they are confronted by their sin or their, their lifestyle? They might cry. They might cry. They might weep. They might repent. And, and as David did, they might repent. That's the good options uh, to repent. How many of you have known people that when confronted with their sin say, I'm going to do something about that, but just not right now. A procrastination. There's, they're, they're bothered by it, but they won't do anything about it. As a pastor, those are the probably the most memorable situations that I've had in dealing with situations. I've told this story before, but it's one of those haunting stories. Those who were with us over in Reynoldsburg at Eastgate Assembly, before we got our building on Tussing Road, we were in a union hall. And uh, if you ever wanted to buy an ugly chair, you could go to that union hall and find a whole supply of them. They were kind of a yick green chair, plastic. And it was a tile floor in the, in the place. We met there for some time and we had to use the kitchen area for a nursery and when we would come in on a Sunday morning, we had to usually mop the entire floor, which was like three times the size of this room. And we went into the nursery area of the kitchen and found the booze was stacked from floor to ceiling. They had some big party the night before, and they had balloons in the, in the main hall that were helium filled and they were up near the ceiling and so I'm trying to figure out how in the world I'm going to have service because it was Bud Light, Budweiser, they had all of these beer things, Corona was over there and they were all hovering over my service. Okay, And then before, as the heat came on and it started to warm up, they began to descend. <laughs> and so I, I believe it was the Lord gave me a good idea. I told the people, we have, we have guests today. <laughs> and if one of the strings from one of our guests hits you, just shout hallelujah. And they, they, they did that. They made a game out of it. Didn't they? Hallelujah! I that's the most I've gotten out of people while I was preaching. But we are there in this union hall, and the chairs, the plastic chairs, hook together. Have you ever been? Those kind of things. They, they hook together in a long chain, and we had set them out in order for our service. And there was an individual there. I had visited him in prison. I had visited this guy in prison before, and he got out, and his grandmother brought him to church that day. 
Pearl Bear. Do you remember Pearl? Yeah. 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 Pearl Bear brought her grandson, who had just gotten out of prison. And I'm preaching the message, and all during the message, I'm hearing this clatter, clatter, clatter. He is gripping the back of a row of those ugly green chairs, and he is under such conviction of the Holy Spirit. He's shaking like this through the whole thing. He's shaking like this, and the whole row is clattering, you know. And uh, at the invitation, I went back because he was obvious, you know, under great conviction, and I said, don't you want to, don't you just want to come and ask Jesus to come into your life? And he says, not today. <laughs> he refused. It wasn't two weeks later I was called to their, the house of the grandmother. He had beaten her with a telephone till she was a bloody heap in the corner because she wouldn't give him any money for drugs. He was hiring a kite anyway, but he wanted more. His brother Jackie came out and said, quit beating on grandma. And the other brother, he had a shotgun. Jack. Jack was the brother. Jackie was the one, oh. the younger one. Yeah. I can't remember the older one's name. Yeah. Yeah. Jack. Well, he, he said, you stop, you stop. Uh, he brought a, a, a <coughs> shotgun out, Jackie did. And the brother reached up and pulled it towards him. And blew himself to death. And I, I had to go into that situation. And all I could remember was the clatter of those chairs. The Holy Spirit was dealing with him, and he refused to repent. And the aftermath of it was, ah, it's tragic. Can't shake that. There's some pictures you just can't get out of your head. And that's one of them for me. We're talking about the response that people have when they are confronted with their sin or they're under conviction because something you've said or even just watching your life or you've shared something with them, the responses. And some people uh, retaliate, become hateful and mean, uh, push you away. Others just ignore. Some will weep but not repent. Some will be affected by it but not return. And any others before we get into the main thrust of what we're looking at here in Psalm 51? Yes. Suppressing the truth, they will push it down and, and uh, justify it until they become <coughs> numb to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They, they do a, a thing where, and this is just like the Garden of Eden, where there's a twisting of the words by the devil to make it seem that this applies to everyone but you. And, and uh, well, not you, you know. Well, sure, yeah, God, God said that you couldn't do this. Well, it was a half truth of what the devil said there. And they push it far enough away so it doesn't prick their heart anymore. They develop a, a calloused heart. You, you wonder, how can people see some of the things that happened in the Bible and not turn to the Lord? And all we have to do is read the book of Revelation. When the plagues, seven trumpet judgments, seven seal judgments, seven thunder judgments, seven bowls of wrath, and yet, they would not repent. But praise God, David did. 
Did he have to? Was he forced to? Could he have gotten out of this by just killing Nathan? Nothing personal. Uh, uh, could he? Have, could yes, he could have. He, he'd already killed, you know, uh, others. But he repented. Now we looked last time at Psalm 51, and we're going to finish up Psalm 51. I trust today. It's a psalm of David's repentance. If you have your uh, your copy of God's Word and you turn to Psalm 51, in most translations and most groupings, you will find a superscription at the top of Psalm 51, which says, this is out of the King James, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came into him after he had gone into Bathsheba. This is the song that was sung on a regular basis in the temple, in the tabernacle. It was a song uh, to the chief musicians, and every time this is sung, it's relating the story of David's sin. And so as people gathered for the high and holy days, and they would gather for the reading of the scrolls and the scriptures, David's sin was out there in front of everybody. <coughs> it's impressive that he didn't run from it. He acknowledged it. And that's what we looked at last week leading up to this. In David's repentance in Psalm 51, we saw that he was, first of all, asking for mercy. He acknowledged his sin. My sin and iniquity is always before me. He had pushed it down until he was confronted with it. And as we looked last time, there would be no Psalm 51 if there hadn't been a, a 2 Samuel 12, 7, where Nathan confronted him with his sin. It goes on in the psalm, he asks for, he repents. He's heartily sorry. He's seeking a cleansing. He realizes he cannot make this right. It's going to take a cleansing of his heart from his sin. And he asks the Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And now we come to the place we couldn't get this far last time because it's such a, an important part of this psalm. Could I get someone to read Psalm 51, 12 and 13? Who will do that for me? Yes, you got it. Okay, 12 and 13. Yeah. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. The joy of your salvation. And we want to look at that joy that can come. You know what, what it's talking about? The joy when your sins have been forgiven. The joy when your sin debt is canceled out. Uh, can I get someone else to read Nehemiah 8, 9 and 10? We'll do that. Nehemiah 8, 9 and 10. Not 8, 9 and 10, but chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. Okay. Yes, Samantha's got it. They read from the book, from the law of God clearly, <clears throat> and they gave the sex. So... Wait a minute, wait a minute. <coughs> Nehemiah 8. <coughs> Verse 9. Yes. Verse 9. 9 okay. There you go. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the, Le to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready, for this day is 
holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay, the situation is, they've come back from uh, captivity in Babylon, and Ezra has built, they built a pulpit of wood, they weeping and reflecting back. It's there. There's a, there's a shout in your soul of happiness. And, and it's not dependent upon the situations around you. I mean, she was a big bear. You know. it's, it's not about having a wonderful hallelujah. Yeah. And also that when you see something. There's a joy it's, it's to others around. We received the nicest letter in the office today. I gave it to Carissa to, to give to, uh, to read with the worship team on the, the study of Lazarus and how that they wanted to kill Lazarus because just him walking around was a witness of the greatness of Jesus. And the enemy wants to take you out because you just are a witness. The, the joy of the Lord being a witness. Well, this, this sister said, I was in that service and it just hit me. He, she was watching the musicians and watching, I believe, uh, uh, Michael playing the piano. He says he was totally into it and just such a joy and excitement. And he said, she says, I was just, I was just overwhelmed watching the joy of the Lord. Yeah. There's a joy of the Lord when you commit your life to Christ that you want to tell the world about. It. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that they can share. Yeah, it's not something you want to keep to yourself. You want to tell people. Mm -hmm. Now you also realize that some people don't want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't keep you from wanting to tell them. And the <clears throat> That joy of the Lord that comes. Here's a couple illustrations of it. The joy of a canceled debt. How happy would you be? I mean, how happy would you be? Now, some I know you're independently wealthy, all of you. You're independently wealthy and you have no debts or but but just assume for a moment you have some debt. Maybe a, a house payment or a mortgage on your house or a car payment. What would it be like for someone to walk up to you and say, Ed, I'm going to take off all your debt. Not only now, but in the future, it's gone. Might you get happy? Years ago, 
I just have a sense that true justice would be for me to put you in jail, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put the gavel down and say, you're free of all charges. It's not because you deserve it. It's the mercy of the judge. When a debt has been canceled, the burden is relieved. There is a joy of salvation. Can I get somebody to read for me 1 Peter 1, 3 through 8? 1 Peter 1. Uh, Christy's got it. Okay. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and holy. Joy inexpressible. The King James renders it joy unspeakable. You just can't put it into words. Amen? This joy of our salvation. You may be going through a fiery trial, Peter says. And go Tree limb on me. Tree limb on me. Explains a lot. 
and you might give in to more temptations than you would if you're not if you're not focused on the power and living your trust in the Lord. When you, anytime you turn your head away from the Father, you're you're going to be weaker. If we're not got no root in themselves, they're they're not really firmly attached to the Word and endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, they're toast. It's important to keep growing in the Lord. It's not enough. You say, well, bless God, back in Ark 6, I saved. Well, that's great. Praise God. But are you growing? Years ago, there was, uh, I forget the name of the, the gal that sang it, but she had a song out called uh, Pretty Baby, uh, where the, the, the Christians were, they were born, but they weren't growing. They were just baby Christians. You remember what Paul talked about uh, being baby Christians to the Corinthians? What did Paul have to say to the Corinthian believers? Anybody remember? If it's not growing from the past, <laughs> super duper. 
6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Here it refers to our Christian life as a walk. We're walking rooted and grounded in him and growing into uh, a Christian follower of Jesus Christ. If it's a walk, then we, we see that just starting the walk is not completing the walk. Have you ever started a walk and not completed it? If you have, then uh, I remember when we were in Israel one time, uh, Marcia Williams, uh, we had a whole group that was decided we were staying at a, at a hotel that they said was a mile away from the center of town. I never stayed there again. Never. We're right in the center of, of Tiberias. But we all, all of us, everybody decided we're going to walk down there. We're going to take that hike. It's only a mile. You know, how long can it be? Well, we got going and everybody of the Williams clan left us in the dirt, left us in the dust, and it's just me and Marcia <laughs> trotting along. And after a while, Marcia says, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can, I can go any further. I says, well, I didn't tell her this at the time. I said, well, we're more than halfway, and so if you go back, uh, you're going to travel the same distance, but I, I just left it alone. So I said, well, I'll go back with you. We'll go back. And so when everybody got back to the hotel, they were all talking about all the neat things they saw at Tiberius that night. We couldn't participate in the conversation because we had not finished the walk. We, you got to keep walking with it. Got to keep walking with it. It's a rooting in in God. Anybody remember the transit buses in Columbus? Mm -hmm. yeah. What what did you have to have for those things to work? <laughs> there's another there's another illustration down the tubes. I, about 
as I see the different things unfold in the scriptures. So those, we're just looking at things that can cause you to lose your joy. <clears throat> Entangling with things of the world. I'm not saying that we need to uh, go to a, a monastery someplace, but I'm talking about sometimes we can get tangled up in the world in which we're in. And it can short-circuit your joy. I need somebody to read Mark 4, 18 and 19. We'll do that. Okay, Brenda's got it. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches <coughs> and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Okay. They were good seed. The word was planted in them. They were growing. But some other things grew up around them. And what's it say it did to the word within them? Choked, choked, it. choked it out. Choked it out. Uh, what were the things that it says can uh, choke it out? He said... Uh, Cares the of the world. Tribulation or persecution, or the, the cares of the world, the lust of other, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The word is not bad, but entanglements in the world can choke out the word within us. Can you think of? out of these three il illustrations. The cares of this world, how can the cares of this world choke out your joy? How can it do it? Or maybe it's misunderstanding. What? You get distracted and start focusing on the cares of the world instead of the Lord. Yeah. Or you get your eyes off God. Before. Get your eyes off God. And how about if you get your eyes off politics? Oh, boy. Well, what about if you, you're focused on what's going on in New York right now? How many of you have been overly frustrated and bent out of shape and oh, oh, I'd just like to go up there and shake them, smack them around a little bit, have a couple lightning bolts hit the, the courthouse, you know. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been, the word can get choked out pretty easily when we get the cares of this world. Uh, what other cares of the world can choke out your joy? Lust for things. Lust for other things that uh, if it's always, I've got to have this, I've got to have that, I've got to have the other. Mm -hmm. and, and if we're pursuing things for things' sake, it can eat at you. Whereas if if you're following the Lord, He brings the things into your lives. Yeah, we we've got to work. Some people want to. Uh, well, I'd like to be a millionaire. Well, stand in line. I I kind of like that too. I'm still waiting for the publisher's clearing out. <laughs> oh, the stuff I'm going to do at this building when I win the. Publisher's Clearing House. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have all the drains cleaned up and replaced. I'm gonna dome the roof. I'm gonna build a bigger lobby over there. But if that becomes my focus, it can choke out my joy in the Word of God. It can choke it out. I can be so, so focused. It's the deceitfulness of riches. How can that choke out God's word and cause us to lose our joy in the Lord? It doesn't say riches. It says the deceitfulness of riches. What's that? Deceitfulness of riches. What is deceit? Okay, we'll, we'll take it in time. I'm losing all my illustration chairs. <laughs> Uh -huh. 
gained improperly. Okay, gained improperly. What is deceit? Or deceitfulness? Lie, a distortion. Deceitfulness of riches basically means you think it can do something that it really can't do. Money doesn't really buy happiness. happiness. We, can, we can have an idea that if I just get this position or I get that amount of money or I, if I have that happen or uh, we can deceive ourselves and become so focused upon the riches. I know we've used him as an illustration last Sunday and, and this morning's class as well, but the rich young ruler, he walked away sorrowfully from Jesus. Why? Because he had a lot of possessions. He had a lot of, he had a lot of possessions. And he could not part with it. He couldn't part with it. His view of the cross was tainted by the deceitfulness of what he had. He thought he had a lot, but he lost the most important thing by walking away from Jesus. So the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust or desire for other things, entering in chokes the word and becomes unfruitful. I spent a lot of time trying to find a video clip one of my favorite video clips about this parable. It came from a, a weird, strange musical called Godspell. Did any of you ever see that back? Yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, the, the Jesus character uh, wore a Superman sweatshirt, a t-shirt. Uh, it, was, it was just really a strange movie. But it had some great songs, and it was going through the parables. And I had, even have a copy of it. But it, the clarity was not good enough for me to show it here. But as they're acting out the parables, it shows, and the, the seed, the word was sown, and the seed grew up. And they have a couple guys with real, you know, weird expressions. But weeds came alongside and grew up, and they had these people just kind of edge up like this. And they looked at each other and then they grabbed the throat of the of the good seed that had grown up and just choked the life out of them. Boom down. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things, can choke out your joy. You can get so wrapped up in it. I've known individuals that they they said, Well, you know, when I have time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. When this happens or that happens, I'm going to uh, do what the Lord wants me to do. One illustration, a fellow that was an excellent, awesome Bible teacher in one of my churches, and he had a call of God on his life. It was obvious, but he said, I'll, I'll, I, I'm not until all my kids are raised and out on their own, and they're all out on their own, and he still isn't going into ministry found another excuse, another opt-out. It choked it out, his joy. The one other one other verse. Can I get somebody to read 2 Timothy 4, 9 and 10? 2 Timothy 4, 9 and 10. Okay, Mary Lou's got it. Right before Third Timothy. <laughs> Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Okay, Demas has forsaken me. He's he's deserted, and it can take the joy out. Joke the joy. How else can we lose our distressing battle of their joy if we allow it to? Psalm 31 and 9 and 10 says this 
Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief, my soul and my body, for my life is spent with grief, and my tears, my excuse me, my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity, and my bones waste away. When we lose someone we love through death, through accident, or through a rift in relationship, I've seen people that they lose their joy in the Lord. Why, why would that happen? Why uh, am I the only one who has seen that? People so grieved that they have no joy left. I'm not condemning, I'm just stating as a fact, it's possible even as a born again believer to go through deep waters that cause you to lose your joy. It's not always a sin issue, it can be other things impacting you. There's like a shadow. This bad things may be happening that want to rob you of your joy, but the Lord can bring us through it all with exceeding joy in His presence. And because we're short on time, I'm going to not farm these out, I'm going to read them myself here. A delight in the Word, returning to a delight in the Word of God can restore joy. Psalm 119 and verse 111, these are just sample texts, but there are many others that refer to this. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Sometimes when, when joy is ebbing because of situations around us, we reflect on what the Word has to say about God's love for us, God's mercy, God's grace, God's miraculous power. The joy can come again. The joy of the Lord Nehemiah said, will be your strength to go through those times. The Bible also says that it's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse, make that verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to your, one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to another in the fear of God. Have you ever gone through times where you just didn't have a song in your heart? You've lost your kind of joy. It's like my whistle that went out the window. I forget what song we were singing it's eight old age is a terrible thing. It's a yes. terrible thing. But he started whistling something or singing something, and I was joining in. He went upstairs to get something. By the time he came back, we were still on the same verse. <laughs> we, were, we were singing the same song. Sing praise to God. The, the joy that comes in his presence, realizing those things are true. Oh, Sunday wasn't praise and worship, just awesome in the house and just praising and glorifying his name and also Galatians 5 and 22 says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace long suffering, kindness, gentleness goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self control against such there is no law the Holy Spirit can assist in giving supernatural joy in the midst of our trials and tribulations and things we're going through. Number five, remembering God's goodness to us and what He's done in the past. Philippians, well, I have one. Philippians 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Pray for the restoration of joy. 
And I, I feel that we need to do that tonight. There, is there anybody heavy on your heart this evening that they're going to have the joy that they once had? Anybody know somebody, maybe in the family, maybe here at the church? I have some people I'm extremely, they just don't have the joy that I've seen before. And they're languishing for a variety of situations. And we want to, first of all, pray for those. For the restoration of God's joy. Also, we want to pray that perhaps the Lord might lead you across the path of someone with the things that we've been studying tonight to share with them. It wouldn't be a bad thing if, if the Lord leads you to go to someone and say, I, I've just been concerned about you, uh, about your joy. You seem down and under it. Wouldn't it be great to be able to share God's word of restored joy to somebody in these days to come? Wouldn't that be a cool thing? How many of you would have liked someone to come when you were going through a, a dark valley and help the joy come back. And then after we've prayed for those, we want to likewise pray tonight. If there's anybody here that would say, I've I just been walking through a, a season, I need my joy restored in the Lord of His salvation. And we'd like to come and pray with you tonight as well. So we're going to take a few moments and list our prayer requests this evening. And then we're going to uh, go to prayer to pray for those that are heavy on your heart. Did, am I the only one that, that has somebody on my heart that I've sent that, that they're just going through a kind of a low joy ebb? Anybody else? Okay. And so we need to pray for them. And would you be willing to pray that perhaps even the Lord might use you to speak to them some of the things that have been shared tonight? And then after we've prayed over some of those, then we're going to, uh, I'm going to have the anointing oil, and we'll, we'll just go around and meet you where you are. If you would like prayer tonight, that maybe somebody's heavy on your heart, maybe it's not you, but someone's on your heart about this, and we'd like to pray for you or for that person as well. Prayer requests tonight before we, we go to the time of prayer. Yes? Yeah, I've been worried about Bill lately. He's a, yeah, they're doing the sleep studies on him right now, and he hasn't been sleeping well at all. Well, he hasn't slept well in years, but I mean, it's, he's just been having a lot of problems with that more than usual, and he's been having heart palpitations. That's a, uh, that's, that's why he wasn't here Sunday. Let's lift up Bill and, tonight. And he's kind of drawing inside about that. It just occurred yeah. to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Leave me alone. I'm fine. But he's yeah. not, though. Yeah. <laughs> There's enough stubbornness to go around. Oh, anybody <laughs> <Yeah>. can have some. <laughs> Other prayer requests. Yes. Can you pray for my, my son, Eric? He just bought another house yesterday because he got thrown out of his. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's still trying to have control over him because, well, anyway, the kids are getting They're in the middle. mind boggled by what she tells them. She, she's trying some kind of a uh, church with Muslims.
I didn't used to have a leak up here. But, but I, I find that I put stuff in there and it leaks out. And, and so I appreciate your prayers for the put some stop leak on, leak on that. Other prayer requests tonight. Yes. Yeah, my little granddaughter Leah, she needs we need an answer to prayer. That's all I can say.
turn sideways and look the wrong way. Keep us focused on you, Lord. Help us to pass our confidence in you all the way to the end as it is in the beginning. And we know you want us to do that. We pray for the pastor and his wife, Lord. We pray for everybody that's going to go to Israel. And we just pray, Lord, that you protect them and watch over them. And uh, we just see that you're working through the pastor. And I just praise your holy name for it. He looks healthier. He's coming strong at us, Lord, with your word. And we praise him for that, Lord. We praise you for that. And that we see you working in the pastor, and we thank you so much. I want to put this song on before we come around and pray for people. It's one of the worship songs we do here, and I, I enjoy it. Uh, just a small little uh, group here doing it, but it's a powerful message about the joy of the Lord. Though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While the breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. The Lord is rise, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you, Lord. Oh, it's sin for joy, come on. I see. 